You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone, and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons & Dragons. We're your hosts, Lynn Markell. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. So. Uh, I mean, <laughs> um, let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room. Y- yeah. We all know what's going on right now. Yeah. I assume everyone who is old enough to be listening to this knows, is paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> you already know. Yeah, we're not going to sit here and lecture and talk about it at length because I'm sure, like us, everyone's tired of hearing about it. Yeah, you're either seen enough, scared, or you're like just done. Done. One, one of the two. Either way, that's not the point of us. I mean, yeah, we have a podcast to entertain and distract. So yeah, that's what we're gonna do. And and if we're gonna educate you on anything, it's gonna be Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. But, I mean, bearing that in mind also, though, like, be safe. Yeah, I mean, I I, I know you you guys You guys gonna, know. You guys know. And and there's plenty of, of information out there that can be given to you by actual experts. Who are not, not three nerdy-ass <laughs> adults. Yeah. Who, who sit around and talk about Dungeons & Dragons. So yeah. just, just be safe, take care of yourselves, and hopefully for the next hour-ish, this will help you just think about something else. Yeah. If anything changes with our situation, we will let you guys know. But for now, yeah, we, and we're and we're fine. We're yeah. we're all fine right now. Everything's yeah. good. So so we love you guys. Just stay safe and uh, let let your mind drift off to whatever we're talking about this week. Yes. What are we distracting people with today? This week we are distracting people with the Aracocra. Ooh, Ooh, bird um, people again. Yes. Which uh, I'm I'm certain that a lot of people like I did. Pronounce it Aarakocra. Yeah, I'm still going to do that. Yeah, no, I'm. I'll be honest. I'm probably going to intermix those pronunciations because that's just ingrained. I, I was on, <laughs> I was on D and D Beyond. I already told Taylor and Travis this. I was on D and D Beyond's website and I saw the little thing that you can click that plays a clip of somebody saying it. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I already know how to pronounce this, but whatever. So I clicked on it, and the uh, the dulcet voice of of Matthew Mercer told me that it is pronounced Aarakocra, but I did not hear him say it. I just was like, is that Matthew Mercer? (laughs) So I had to listen to it three more times to confirm that it was indeed Matthew Mercer. And then I had to listen to it one more time to confirm what he was actually saying, which is... Aracocra. Aracocra, yes. It is very strange because I always pronounce it Aracocra. Me too. Probably will. Yeah, it... It, you know, whatever. Whatever. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, it's hard to break out of. Yeah. So like, I'm, pro- I'll, I'm going to intermix this pronunciations. I've got to be honest. Yeah. So, um, Arcocra first appeared in the Fiend Folio, which was published in 1981 for Advanced Dungeons and Dragons first edition. Woo. Damn. Um, so Arcocra go back. Yeah. They go yeah, back. Yeah. They appeared pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Um, they were created specifically as encounters first. Um, they were bird people, 
people people that lived in the mountains and rarely had interactions with other humanoid races. Um, There's an interesting phrasing here. Uh, Our coker have little to do with humankind beyond the occasional poaching of a farm animal, parentheses. They appear incapable of distinguishing between domestic and wild animals, for this act is not one motivated by malice. Oh. Uh, they have even less to do with demi-humans and actively dislike humanoids. Hmm. Those are... Very... Those are... Very contradictory? Uh, Venn diagrams of things. That, yeah. Yeah, we have hit a whole bunch of different Because hum- humanoids here. means humans and human-shaped human. non-humans. Yeah. Like elves and what have you. And demi-humans is humanoids who aren't human. So... That's... What... That's what. That's okay. what. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Sure, let's just. I go, go with, with it, it. I guess because I. And it, it was oh, not. Okay. It was not explained any further. So. I mean, naturally. Yeah, naturally. I mean, um, yeah. whatever that means. So whatever that means, you know. Yeah. However, uh, in this, they would sometimes act as a scout or give advice to a humanoid who uh, gave them some coin or another shiny object. Because they're birds. Because they're birds. They like shiny things. All shiny things. Yes. All of them. Yes. Um, They lived in small tribes of about 11 to 30 members, uh, which occupied a hunting territory of of roughly 10,000 square miles. Okay. Which is pretty pretty big. I was like, that sounds pretty big to me. That's pretty big. Yeah. Um, Um, hmm. Yeah. I mean, they they like, they fly though, so that kind of... That that makes more sense to me than like a landbound animal. Yeah. No, I mean I, I agree. Because spoiler alert, if you didn't know this about Arakoker, they can fly. What? The, the the feathers and the wings aren't just for show. Um, uh, Kinku. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Poor Kinku. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Damn. He had to remind me of that and bring me back down. Um, Sorry. The our cooker spoke their own language as well as that as that of the giant eagles, which I didn't realize were also in Dungeons and Dragons. Me either. Um, hey Gary Gygax, I think you might owe uh, Tolkien a something? little bit of something. Yeah. What giant eagles? Yeah, yeah. Like Is from- that specifically trademarked by Tolkien though? Oh no, I'm, sure I'm just making. I'm just making a okay. joke. I'm sure it's not. I was like, wait, is that no? Almost okay. certainly not. But uh, they do seem. I didn't get into it because this isn't the giant eagles episode. This is the eagle people episode. Um, but they do seem to be pretty similar <laughs> to the... Anyway, um, <laughs> but the, the R cooker spoke their language and also got along really well with um, the giant eagles. Right. Um, 10% of R cooker could speak common. Uh, additionally, uh, R cooker got along well with air elementals and a group of five R cooker could summon an air elemental by way of a ritual where they chanted and danced around in a circle in the air. I like it. Nice. Yeah. And this this remains consistent. Okay. So pretty much m- like most iterations of air kokra can summon an air elemental through a five-person ritual. Jesus. Um including in- including those with no magical talent. Hmm. Real quick, because I really wanted to get a grasp on like the 10,000 square miles thing. Oh, thank you. Um mm-hmm. For reference, the Yellowstone National Park is only 3,472 square miles. Oh, so Jesus. it's not just maybe big. That is a huge area. Um, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. I really hope it's actually 10,000 <laughs> and my brain didn't just add an extra just... zero in there. <laughs> well, 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 um, if we'll it, find out. if it did go, go, go look in Fiendfolio, I guess. Oh boy. Okay. Just at Lewin. Just at me. Be like, you added an extra zero in there for, for the clicks. We, we know you. Clickbait. <clears throat> Clickbait. Just got curious. The score mileage of Oklahoma is 69,960. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. Also, so that means any given tribe of Arakoka's hunting territory is bigger than the state of Oklahoma. Nice. I guess that, that lends quite a bit bigger, too. I guess that uh, lends to their actual... No, you said it was 10,000. Yeah. Oklahoma oh. is 69,000. I'm stupid. I just heard I heard 69. And, and I shut excited. off after that. Yeah. <laughs> like I do. Wow. Okay, All right. I just wanted to get a grasp of that. It's a big area, turns yeah. out. <laughs> Almost seven times. There you yeah, go. okay. <laughs> Damn Continue it. Continue it on. <laughs> I wow, you guys, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> oh, okay, Jesus. Um, as a species, uh, Aarakocra are claustrophobic, basically. Um, huh. To, to the point where they will not willingly enter a building or go underground. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Cause yeah. Because what they're used to. They're birds. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Aarakocra, despite not seeming to get along very well with other species of humanoids, are neutral good. Okay. Yeah. This is hmm. also leads into another reason that they are a little claustrophobic. Um, Aarakocra are around five feet tall, and they have hollow bones, like birds. Burbs. And also... You know, this in part creates a physique that does not lend itself well to like ground-based combat. Right. So to to be in a house would put them at even more of a disadvantage because they can't fly. Right. So they're they're not very good in that kind of hand-to-hand combat. Um, they have a wingspan of twenty feet and a hand. Nice. Yeah, big. And a hand on the leading edge of each wing. So like huh. a, like a bat. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. I like it. This contrasts with a portrayal later. Uh, the, of course. Basically, the, the bone in the leading edge that took, that, like, creates the rest of their wing. Right. Um, is essentially a very, very long pinky finger that locks in place when they're flying. So they can't use their, like, hands when they fly, but they have hands. Oh, Okay. And when not in flight, their hands are virtually as dexterous as, like, a human's. Um, they have powerful legs that end in taloned feet, which they could... <sighs> I, I don't have a good understanding of how this works. But essentially, they can, like, fold back their talons to use their feet as hands. And not, like, retractable, like, cat claws. Yeah, because that's what, what my thought was. Nope, but... it's not that. So not... Okay. And it... It, it, the, I I st- stared at various pictures of Aarakocra trying to figure out how this works exactly, but the important thing is that they have feet hands. I mean that 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 is important. They they have feet. They hands. have feet hands. Yes. Uh, they also utilize these feet hands to carry javelins while they were in flight. That's their preferred weapon as a javelin. In flight, they were classified as maneuverability class C, which I don't really know what that means. Me either. Um, I looked it up. <laughs> was not much 
enlightened, but this does put them on the same level as pegasi, gargoyles, and harpies, which they sort of physiologically resemble harpies. Like, they have the yeah. same hand wing thing. Yeah. Taylor harpies, and I are making flapping motions. Yeah. Same. yeah, I'll do it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're all, we're all <laughs> making flapping motions. Hand flapping motions. Um... Aarakocra coloring varied based on the tribe, but the males were always brighter and gaudier than the females, particularly during their annual mating season. Which lends itself to real-world birds. Yes. <laughs> Look at peacocks, for example. No, yeah. Yeah. See, I don't, like, hold that much knowledge about the peacocks. Um, the, the pretty ones are all males. Yes. Uh, well, I think, I think they're all pretty. I think they're all no. pretty, too. But the, what, the traditional one you think of... Is they're all males. Yeah, the peahens, they, they have very pretty colors, but they're much more subtle, and they don't have those big old tails. Yeah, and they also don't have cock in their name. Yeah. <laughs> they have hen. Yes. Um, also, just a quick idea. Uh, Aarakocra, based on eclectus parrots, so the males are green and the females are red. <sighs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Oh, my gosh. Which is one of the only notable exceptions I can think of that, to where the females are essentially more vibrant than the males. So, there's your concept. You can have it. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, Their beaks are long, grayish-black, and shaped like a cross between an eagle and a parrot. And they can use them to bite. That's kind of an emergency measure, because mm-hmm. they would usually prefer to like dive bomb with javelins, but if right. an aracocra bites you, it will hurt a lot. I'm, I can yeah. imagine. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's the same as like probably like human equivalents. Like for the most part, you're not going to bite another person, but if you run out of yeah, you weapons, can do some damage. Yeah, with your mouth. Um, aracocra are oviparous, which means they lay eggs, like birds. Like birds do. <laughs> and uh, while brooding on a nest of eggs, which incubated for eight months, uh, female aracocra would make javelins as well as all of the tools hmm. used by the tribe because all the males did was hunt. Oh. <laughs> so the males hunt and then... The females make stuff. Just I basically like take what the males hunt and do everything else. Yeah. More or less. Because mm-hmm. I assume that they would also probably make stuff out of the... Like sinew and probably yeah, yeah in, probably in my would. mind anyway, I would yeah. think that they would use a, stuff a lot of like stuff. That. Yeah, I mean the image I have and colored very much by my upbringing <laughs> is kind of like the garbled together image of Native American tribes of oh yeah 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 like they kind of sit around and make stuff oh yeah um, they would also weave uh, banners and flags out of feathers. Um, and each tribe had a unique design that they used to mark their territory, that's which neat. I think is nice. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's neat. That's just I just <laughs> think it's neat. <laughs> also worth noting that continues on is that Aarakocra are carnivorous. Okay. Um, and it was never detailed if they like the males would bring their food back and then they would like cook it, or if they just kind of get in there. I don't really know. <laughs> Oh, I wonder if I wonder if female aracocra like regurgitate food for the babies. Huh. I wonder if they do that. That's an interesting question. Huh. Hmm. That just feels <laughs> like if they had a detail, if they had the opportunity to put a gross detail in like that, then they would, but they didn't. So, so we we just don't we just know. don't know. What are aracocra? Birds. Birds. What are birds? We just don't know. There you go. You. <laughs> you knew I wanted it. I know. I just made you work for it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it was, this is so funny to me. It was also said that the sight of an aracocra weaving was impressive because they lie on their backs and weave with all four of their hands. 
What? <laughs> I love it, actually. Thank doesn't, you. Doesn't that sound? Doesn't that sound crazy? I, Blessed image. Blessed I image. I love this idea. Also, I wonder if that means that they lie on the eggs on their back. Hmm. Or like if they're just like they're sitting on their butts, and then one of them is like, "Hey, come sit on my eggs for a minute. I'm almost done with this, and I really need to like push through." And then she like gets up and then just like lays down on her back and just like goes to town on this like blanket or whatever. I need to get this last stitch in. I, I'm very much enjoying the, these images, actually. Yeah, it's it's really really good. It's choice. so interesting. Yeah. Um. So that's them uh, as an encounter <clears throat> in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons First Edition. How fast can I say that? Doesn't even sound like a word. <laughs> um. So next, we're going to move into Second Edition. Yay! Um, our cooker were uh, revised for second edition in the Monstrous Compendium Volume 2, published in 1989, which, as I'm sure I've said before, was compiled into the Monstrous Manual in 1993. Right. Yes. So the between those two is a reprint. Okay. Um, they are much the same as they are in first edition, but there have been a few other details that have been added. Okay. Um, their coloration is now described as the males usually being in the range of red, orange, and yellow. Okay. And the females usually being brown and gray. So, like... Yeah. Yeah. Like birds. Like a lot of birds. <laughs> like, there's still that kind of variation, but that's kind of the... The idea. The idea is that they're usually in that color spectrum. Um, the oldest male in a tribe serves as the leader, and in a tribe with a population larger than 20, the second oldest male serves as the shaman, because uh, they're very spiritual. I like that. Um, the shaman leads the tribe in simple religious services, uh, such as the singing of hymns on the first sunset of each month. Uh, even if it's not specifically stated that it, it is this way, they pretty consistently worship or at least revere the sun. Like, that's a theme. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know why it does, but it does. Yeah, like, how does it make sense, though? Like- well, it there is uh, a later setting, I think, where it, it makes more I sense. I mean, to be okay. fair, like, also, flying kind of puts you closer to the sun. Oh, I remember one that was given. I don't think it was given for this, but there was one uh, instance later where it was stated that they revered the sun um, because the heat from the sun created thermal vents that they used to fly around. Oh, I'm so you weren't terribly off on that. Then, yeah, at least with that particular mm-hmm. example. Also, okay. like it's the sun. And a lot of people praise the sun. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I just did the. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're welcome. The sun, the sun does deserve your praise. <clears throat> um, and also, uh, as of this point, that the shamans exist, a shaman's presence is required to summon an air elemental in that aforementioned ritual. Okay, so like he can't do it by himself, but you have to have a shaman there. One out of the five of the arcocras to be a Arcocra. shaman. Okay. The Arcocra were revised to be player characters. Yeah, for the first time. Uh, officially, I'm sure somebody saw an Arcoker and was like, "I want that." Yes, to and, be me. And they and they made their dungeon master do something about it. Um, but they were revised <laughs> for playability in the Complete Book of Humanoids, which was published in 1993. Um, they had penalties in strength and constitution, each being a negative one because of the aforementioned like frailty. Right. Um, they have hollow bones and what have you. Right. Also, um, on average, Arcoker ranged to be about like 90 pounds. Which okay. is probably mostly feathers. Yeah. 
It, yeah, it would almost have to be just mm-hmm. 90 pounds of feathers. Basically. Um, but they have a bonus to their dexterity, a plus mm, one. That makes which, sense. Which yeah, makes sense. Being as light as they are and mm-hmm. hollow bones and whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they were generally of neutral good alignment, but players were allowed to choose any alignment. Yeah, I would imagine as much. Uh, they were restricted to the classes of shaman, with a level limit of seven, fighter, and thief, which each had level limits of 11. Hmm. Which, like, I know that fighters don't always have to be totally strength-based, but it's like a consistency that, like, in this, they're allowed to have a higher level limit of fighter, and also in, I think, 3.5, their preferred class is fighter. It just seems odd. Yeah, because of the emphasis on... Weakness. Yeah, on their their physical <clears throat> frailty. Right, and I would think that they would be able to have a higher level for shaman, considering it's that... It's actually part of their culture. Yeah, yeah, that's their actual culture. One would assume. certainly assume, but... Whatever. Weird, I wonder why they decided to do that. I don't know. Um, our cooker PCs are required to have clear motivations to leave their solitary, peace-loving society, uh, such as not fitting in with them or going on a quest to help their tribe. Makes sense. Because, like, the, the Arcocra mostly, like, yeah, they'd occasionally, like, poach a farm animal or something like that, but they just kind of flew, they, they just kind of flew around and hunted and, you know, made pretty banners and just did their own thing. Yeah, yeah. they stay away from... Like humans. Uh, yeah, humans and... For the most part contact from other mm-hmm. races. Arcoker who learn other languages intersperse their speech with bird sounds quote, like a parrot mimics human speech. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I've been waiting for this moment. Right? Like, that just sounds so fun. <sighs> I love Guess it. what, guys? What? My Arcoker druid was spot on. Yeah. It yeah, was. no, she was. It was. I did intersperse my you speech did. with squawks. And you 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 didn't even know that. I didn't. I'm so proud. You just you had the instinct. I did. Uh good job. Yeah. Thank you. I fucking love parrots. I've had some encounters with some really sweet parrots, guys. I've never really had an encounter with a parrot. I've actually. had a few. <gasps> I mean, cockatoo. at a pet store, but Aracocra. Yes, I like it. Era era cockatoo. Yeah. Nope, Sorry. not gonna say what I was going to there. What cock? Cockacoat, cockacocra. <laughs> no, that's something else. Um, <laughs> players must also contend within our coker's natural claustrophobia. So a, th- right. a theme is essentially that you have dis- certain disadvantages when you're inside. Right. Like to to some of your roles. Um, they also appeared as player characters in the supplement Player's Option, Skills and Powers, which was published in 1995, um, but they have an ease, even tinier section. Um, the oh. only things that seem to have changed is that the Shaman class appears to have been completely removed. Aww. Um, and in its place, our Coker can now become level 7 priests. Okay. I'm guessing because around that time, they were probably working on removing Shaman... Period. Like, period from yeah, everything. It, so they were like just transitioning. Yeah, yeah. So it like it wasn't even there. It wasn't like for some other race they could be shot. It was just gone. But that that's basically it. Yeah. Um huh. so now we're in third edition. Yay. Yay. Um Arcoker revised for third edition in the Monster Compendium Monsters of Faerun, which was published in two thousand and one. Uh they are much the same. They keep their general appearance. 
typically right. neutral good nature and emphasis on aerial combat. Also worth noting, this is them as an encounter, not a player race. Okay. Um, they now speak Orin, which is the language of creatures of the plane of air. Right, right, right. Um, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and also common. Um, and there's no mention of there being a special air coker language. Aww. So I'm assuming that maybe amongst their themselves they speak Orin. So yeah, they, they lost kind of their own and own language and preference of Just, being the air, air plane of air. Yes, air language. Yeah, they picked up a language that is just mm-hmm. base for any creatures of air, air. elementalness. Air elementalness. <laughs> yeah, yes. there, there's no other way to say that. There's no less clunky way to say that. Um, their society is structured largely the same, but some mentions of, like, their gender roles were removed. Um, so it stated that while male Aarakocra were still the hunters and females kind of like the tool-making people, mm-hmm. uh, there's no mention of the leader or shaman of an Aarakocra area having to be male. Okay, so... Only that they're, like, the oldest or second oldest. Okay. So they took the yeah. sexism out. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Uh... It, it was, was about something. It was about that time that yeah. Yeah. stuff was starting to get better. It was the time. It was time. It was for time. It. Or maybe that was still how it was supposed to be, but it didn't say like it didn't specify, so it didn't specify. Mm. And the lack of specification is a difference, which is why I pointed it out. It is mentioned that the uh Arcocra are thought to have uh, immigrated from Faerun to Faerun, excuse me, from Mastica. Uh, Which I think is where Tabaxi are from. I swear. Yes. I, I swear I just saw that word like not too long ago. It's the uh it's Dungeons and Dragons uh Aztec adventures. Yes. Essentially. That is where some Tabaxi are from. Yes. I'm pretty sure. Maybe all of them. I don't know. I'm not an expert and I forget half the episodes we do. Yeah, no, that but that's essentially what Mastica is, is it's like uh Aztec Dungeons and Dragons Aztec Adventures. Yeah. Um there are four notable uh air coker colonies in Faerun. The Stormhorns of Cormer, the Cloven Mountains of Vilhun Reach, the Mist Cliffs in Cholt, which Cholt is where uh Tomb of Annihilation takes place. Ah. Uh and the Star Mounts of the High Forest, which is just a giant weed farm. However, this last colony has uh, been nearly destroyed by the green dragon, <sighs> Elacrimalacros. I-, I love when you can tell when one of us is about to read some god-awful we know. super fantasy name. We know we're going to struggle. Yep. Elacrimalacros. Elacrimalacros. Nope. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, dragon names, man. Some <laughs> dragon names, man. Um, as a result, many Aarakocra adventurers are coming out of the woodwork to seek revenge on Elacrimalacros. Well, you did yeah, it! I did, I did all right that time. You did pretty good. I did pretty good that time. I'm proud of you. Proud of myself for that one. So that's kind of, while they weren't, like, player characters, you know, as of as of yet, I feel like that would be a good lead-in for someone who really wanted to play an Aarakocra and was yeah. like, Travis, please, we can take their stats from this book. Travis, let me be a bird furry. Nope. Oh. Only because you said bird, only because she said bird furry? Possibly. Okay. I can neither confirm nor deny these allegations. <laughs> okay. 
I lost you on the last word, but I had you for most of it, so that's okay. Um, also, kind of an explanation as to why people who were outside of like areas close to these colonies might see Aarakocra. Yeah, like you might see, you know, adventurers who have gone off to, you know, Seek take revenge. revenge or help their tribe out or something like that. Yeah. So. Uh, we're going to uh, next talk about the next revision of Aarakocra for playability in 3.5. Ooh, yeah. Okay. After we take a break. Mm, damn it, I knew it. Uh, yep. Yeah, you, you should have known, by the way, I... Yeah, dragged it out. Yeah, yeah. by the way, I... The, the tone of... The tonal shift. The telltale yeah. sign. Yeah. The tonal shift. Hey, everybody. Thank you for uh, checking out our episode about Aarakocra. Yeah. More fantastical bird people. Yeah. People. (laughs) People. People, apparently. People. Check out our episode next week on Sneeple. Snake people. I'm not actually trying to lock any of you guys into doing an episode about the Yonti or anything, but... No. I just wanted to say Sneeple. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, if you are enjoying this podcast for some reason, even though I just said the word Sneeple, uh, you can consider supporting us on Patreon at Dungeonpedia. Um, we have a tier available for $5 where you can read our notes. And anything below that is still greatly appreciated. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you would, if you would consider doing that or spreading that we have a Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, if you are interested in more of the content we produce, thank you, first of all. Yeah. Uh, second of all, <laughs> we have our actual play podcast. It's called Projectile Dysfunction. Uh, we have updates available at, on Twitter at ProjectileCast. It's a fifth edition actual play that we do with our friend Jacoby. Yay. Who you, you may have heard, heard from. from. Yeah. Yeah, he was. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, please follow us on our Twitter and our Instagram, which is just at Dungeonpedia. You can also email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or topic suggestions. We'll take it there or Twitter. Anywhere. Anywhere, honestly. really. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to it. The, the email is just handy in case you have a long message. Yeah. And while we do post updates when we do update our episodes and go live with them, you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts to get notifications as soon as they go live. Immediately. Yeah. Uh, remember to rate us and review us on those platforms if it's available. I know the big one is iTunes and pretty much everything else kind of like, eh. Yeah, but, it's but still, it really it's it really helps. Yeah. Um, but most importantly, spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell, Tell your coworkers. Yeah. Tell your family. I know of lots of family members who got into D&D later in life. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's happened. Uh, thank you to Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith. It's a wonderful song. It is. And with no more ado, we're going to go on back to those bird people. Yeah. Because I want to know how to, how to, how to play won. them more. Yeah. yeah. How to play them more. That sounds bad? Question mark? Eh. All right. All right. Need more about the, the how to play them. <laughs> how to play them. How, how to play. I might be plotting my next Eric. Oh, boy. She's already getting her backup character ready. Well, you already have a backup character, don't you? This would be like a backup of a backup. Or maybe it's just a character for fun. You you guys don't know. It's a backup backup. Perhaps. The, you know, that that reminds me. We should play another one shot. We should. We, we should. should do that sometimes. That'll be fun. Anyway, um, <laughs> Eric Hoker are reintroduced uh, as a player race in Races of Faerun, which was published in 2003. Also, 
quick thing, because Travis pointed this out to me, uh, is that if you look up just like a cursory search about Mastica, apparently Aarakocra are not listed there. So the the source material said that it's said that they come from Mastica, so they may not have actually. Right. But I, I couldn't. That could have just been something they threw in there to be like, if the DM wants to yeah. follow Explore that, that, they yeah. can. Because that whole place is like a jungle, basically. Or or alternatively, it's like, look at these bird people. They're <laughs> exotic. So they're from this exotic Oof. other continent. Anyway, um, so if you look up Mosca, you may not you may not find them. And that's why. Um, anyway, we'll find tabaxi. You will find tabaxi um, and also trees. Anyway. <laughs> Um, they keep their physicality and tribal lifestyle, but are given many more tidbits, some of which I find are pretty interesting. Oh, good. Um. I love tidbits. Yes, so do I. Um, a date for the beginning, uh, okay, well, see, I just said this, and now that I'm looking ahead, okay, a date for the beginning of the Arakokra's migration from Mastika to Faerun was also given. Uh, the first Arakokra migrated to Faerun in 418 DR. They should have waited two more years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year is also known as the Year of the Eagle's Flight, because they're birds and they went somewhere. So... Yeah. I maybe they just aren't there anymore. Maybe they all left. Maybe. I mean, they might literally just all be gone. Maybe. Maybe they were like, "We're tired. This shit. We're tired of having to dive down below these trees and stuff to catch prey. So we're just gonna go to Faerun because that's where everything's happening. And that's where all the happening stuff is. Yeah. There's mountains there that Ooh, don't mountains. explode. Oh. I'm assuming there's volcanoes in Mastica. That wouldn't make sense. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Aarakocra are some of the most skilled aerial hunters in the world and have a naturally adventurous spirit. I like it. Because they're birds. Yeah. That's my justification for, like, so many of these things. They're birds. Um, they can do what they want. They're birds. They can, they can do whatever they want. Um, they still suffer from intense claustrophobia, mm-hmm. which they're pretty much always going to, just putting that out there. Despite fighter being their favorite class, which I mentioned earlier, they have a negative two to their strength, Hmm. but they also have a plus four to dexterity. So they would be a fighter using a ranged weapon or finesse weapons? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that would make sense. Like javelins, I guess. Hmm. Because, like, you can have a more dexterity-based fighter, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people do it all the time. It's It's a plausible thing. It's just... Most of the time when someone thinks of a fighter, they, they think, think strong sword yeah. and board or two-handed. Yeah, they think, like, melee. Yeah. yeah. But um, no, if you're going to go with, like, a ranged fighter. Sure. Yeah. There you go. You got an Aarakocra. Um, Aarakocra can now live to be over 100 years old. Oh, um, damn. This, this changes again. And I swear, I might be insane. This is a possibility. I swear I saw something from an earlier source material that said they lived to be about 30. Yes, I do recall that because I remember being sad. But like like earlier, though. Yeah. And I don't I I looked back at everything and I could not find this. So they may have used like used to have shorter lifespans in earlier publications of D&D. Or maybe this is from Pathfinder that we're remembering that. That might be it. Mm, uh, would it also maybe be from Kenku? N- no. No, no. I, I think I remember it specifically being from Eric. No, I, okay. I, 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 here's what I remember. I remember reading it saying, oh, that sucks. Let me make a note of that in a minute. 
and then getting up, going and doing something, and then coming back and not being able to find it. <laughs> and there's no note made, and now it's lost to time. Yeah, that's a that's a lesson to you. If you want to, like, don't, just write it down right then. <laughs> right then, yeah, that's fair. Um, but as of this point, they live to be 100 years old. Over 100. Um, Eric Hooker children are not allowed to leave their nest for the first three months of life and are considered mature around five years old. Um, at which point their family kicks them out of their, like, individual nest, and they're expected to find their own place in the tribe. Because an Aarakocra area is essentially just a big... Right. Uh, just a big grouping of nests. Yeah. Leading up to this point, Aarakocra elders will teach the young ones how to hunt and will also guide those with a particularly reverent nature into the path of a cleric. Only, um, still only male Aarakocra are referenced to be hunters, but... It's not explicitly stated that the females don't do that. And there's also no mention of them being, like, craftspeople. Okay. So, I don't know. I, I don't mm. know. They might just all hunt. Maybe at this point it's just like, they. it happens at some point. I Figure have, it out. I have no idea. Um, and also, uh, still, any Aarakocra can become a shaman or tribal leader. Uh, the only mention of Aarakocra crafting skills is their bonus their natural bonus that they get to a craft check um so there's no there's no mention of that really dope visual of a aarakocra just laying on their back and just like going at it with all four that's <laughs> so bad <laughs> laying on their back oh, and just going man. at it with with all four hands hmm <laughs> well then oh also their hands are four fingered they have three fingers and one thumb because, like I said, their fourth finger is the leading edge of their wing. Okay. But I didn't yeah. specifically say that they're three. I'm sorry. I should have said that earlier. But oh, no, you're good. Whatever. If I mean, if it ruins your day that Eric Coker don't have four actual fingers, I'm sorry. How dare you. <laughs> um, they do not domesticate any animals for, like, food or anything, but they consider the small birds that nest within their areas to be more like friends than pets. Which is so cute. <laughs> nice. Cute. And also, that's how I feel. Uh, Aarakocra now largely worship the chaotic good elven weather deity, Airdri Fania. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, a, that's an elven name, for Who, sure. Uh, sometimes appears to them as a giant white bird. Ah, nice. But yeah, they, <laughs> they, they worship her because, like... You know, she kind of vibes with their whole, like, freedom and, right. you know, thing. So that's that's that. It's kind of weird to me that they worship a elven god, but whatever. I mean, yeah. That's fine. It's whatever. whatever. Worship is for everyone. Uh, I mean, we talked about that in the Tiefling episode. That's true. That is very true. Uh, Aarakocra are now stated to look down on other races, literally and figuratively. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, they believe most other races are lacking in perspective. Not all of us can fly, Same. you know. Yeah. Well, that's literally it, though. Yeah. Um, they get along best with elves due to their shared worship or at least acknowledgement of Erdrifania. Uh, they actively dislike orcs, lizard folk, and goblinoids who apparently trap and torture Aarakocra, if given the chance, just for fun. That makes perfect sense for all three of those races. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, ugh. <laughs> um, they still speak Orin and also get along with air elementals um, and common, but <laughs> are functionally illiterate. Aww. <laughs> Quote, except for those with a player character class 
other than barbarian. <laughs> so so the they're <laughs> if you play an Aarakocra. So, essentially what they're saying is if you don't play a barbarian, your Aarakocra can read. Even though they just called them functionally illiterate. Well, I would assume that like player characters are more traveled than the average Aarakocra. That's true. But Why if you you're come from barbarians like But this? if you're a barbarian You can't read You can't read. It doesn't matter, you're still illiterate. Fuck fuck you. All you do is rely on your rage to get through everything. Fuck you, races of Faerun. <laughs> <laughs> Dolly can uh, read. What is funny is that when I did play Narakokra, I did teach a I was teaching a um human. No, a, a half work. Oh that's read. right. That's right. Oh shit, that's right. I don't yeah. could Greg read? I can't remember if Greg could read. Anyway. My my character was pretty stupid, too, so. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> like, I read that, and I was like, wow. <laughs> oh. You know, just don't be a barbarian if you want to be able to read. <laughs> Dolly can read! <laughs> or, if all else fails, be a Nairacocra barbarian and just hit things with... Javelin. Beak. Beak. Javelin. Beak and Javelin. Yes. Talon, wing, whatever the hell. Headbutt them. Whatever you want. <laughs> Just hit. Hit. Okay. <laughs> so, um, next, we're going to 5th edition. Okay. That's right. Straight to 5th edition, because Eric Coker did not exist in core 4th edition. No! Yeah, I actually do recall that. Yeah. That they just disappeared? The- yeah, no, they did. It's just like... 3.5, 4th edition, nothing. 5th edition. And the 5th edition. Hey, look who's back. Yep. Yay. So the uh, the information here is going to be a mix from the um, Monster Manual, which was published in 2014, and their player character expansion in Elemental Evil Player's Companion, which was published in 2015. Okay. Um. So Eric Okra get a number of pretty notable changes in 5th edition. Uh, first off, they look different. Quite a bit. Okay. Um, they have their strong uh, sexual dimorphism, like, to do with their coloration, mm-hmm. uh, and also their bird-like heads, with a note of a strong regional variation in their head shape. So I guess you could have some Aarakocra that do just look like straight-up parrots, and some that look like eagles. Okay. Um, hmm. It wasn't specifically stated that that's what <clears throat> that means, but that's how I interpreted it. I mean, <laughs> that would make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, Darwin. Yeah. Finches. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> okay, this this kills me. They no longer have wings with hands on them. Oh yeah, they yeah. have arms, exactly where humans have them. Yeah. Um, this is never addressed in the text, nor is their old physiology referenced. <laughs> it's just in the pictures. This is never referenced that this has changed. It's just in every image of Aarakocra in 5th edition. They just have arms. Yeah. And wings on their back. They have feathered arms. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, this is never addressed. I feel like that's either something that they were like, we'll revisit that in a later like book we publish. It's 2020. <laughs> revisit it. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. So it, it's, the, and when I say their old physiology isn't referenced, I mean that it's not like the text says they look this way, and then the picture says something different. It's just like, yeah, the bird people. Like, it doesn't say, oh. It just. Yeah. 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 And they might revisit it later. You don't know. 
They might figure out a way to change it because they're probably trying to figure out how to fill the gap when they weren't in fourth edition. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that that's a thing, and it it kills me a little bit that they don't talk about it at all. Anyway, um, they they look cool. They look pretty cool, but also now gone is any mention of their funky retractable hand feet, like the talons on their hand feet. Yeah. Uh, as well as most of their lifespan. Um, Eric Coker can now only live to be about 30 and mature around three. Which, which sucks. Sucks, but at the same time, I feel like if they're going for more of, like, avian-like lifespan. Well, some, well, some parrots live to Yeah, really some old. parents live to, like, 80. I right. think, like, African gray parrots, yeah. Yeah. I think they live to be pretty old, but it, it, it makes me sad. Also, worth noting, like, the thing that I mentioned earlier about Eric Coker lifespan, it's not... This? From, it's not this, <clears throat> because I actually hadn't gotten to this point in my research yet, but I swear I read it somewhere that it, like, used to be 30, and then it was 100 for a minute, and now it's 30 again. But now it's 30 again, and that makes me sad, because I just, like... I, like, I, I get... I just think they're neat. Well, and, like, I get it that... You know, not everything, like, lives to be the same, but, like, I just get sad when I think about, like, two characters in, like, Dungeons & Dragons who would be, like, really good friends, but... One dies significantly Yeah, earlier. like, one of them is gonna live to be 700 and the other one's gonna live to be 30. Like, it just makes me I mean, sad. the same thing similar happens when you compare, like, gnomes and humans. It, it's sad! It's sad! <laughs> It's sad, or Travis. elves and humans. Yeah. It's all sad. You're right. It, it is the same. Congratulations. It's sad. You, you crack the code. It's sad. It's I all mean, sad. I mean, it is sad. I it's just, just... It happens, I guess. It doesn't that stop doesn't, it from being sad. That doesn't make me feel any better. Also, Eric Hooker have their own language again. Yay. Yay. <sighs> no, I'm sad. I don't want to do this anymore because I'm sad. I'm sorry. Okay. Do you have any more information? <laughs> no, I do. No, I definitely do. I'm okay. sad now. Um, their societal structures remain mostly unchanged as they still live in like a tribal type organization. Right. But the they they now kind of have a a, a purpose. Um, their purpose has kind of been changed from existing and doing their own thing to something a little more grand and noble. Okay. Which, I gotta be honest, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Um, okay. Let me let me explain. <laughs> Hesitancy. Hmm. Yeah, which I realize I shouldn't open with, with that before I actually say something about it, because I don't want to influence people's opinions, but here we go. Um, the majority of Aarakocra live in the Plain of Air, uh, specifically in the region known as the Howling Gyre, which is a swirling vortex of winds surrounding the proverbial eye, which is the realm of... Aqua. A-A-Q-A. You may remember hearing the word aqua uh, in this manner, not meaning water, um, (laughs) from the Kenku episode. Yes. Um, They act as guards patrolling the area for any incursions by wrongdoers or gargoyles, which are the Aarakocra's sworn enemies. Aarakocra on the Prime live on tall mountain peaks, usually very close to portals to the plane of air, and fulfill a similar mission to their brethren who still live there. Okay. Therefore, they are natives to the plane of air and are usually considered kind of immigrants or explore- explorers to the prime. So basically, their exports are, or their exploits are kind of like setting up outposts okay. in a foreign land. They're like outsiders. Yeah, they're very much. Yeah, that was another word that was used as outsiders. Yeah. Um, the story goes that the Wind Dukes of Aqua, who we mentioned 
in the Kenku episode. Right. I don't remember exactly what they did. They existed. They were there. But the uh, Windukes of Akka, uh, who the Aarakocra are in service to, are part of an elemental lawful race called the Vati. Okay. Uh, who once ruled, quote, many worlds. Uh, at some point, someone called the Queen of Chaos waged war against the Vati, and in response, seven Vati heroes created the Rod of Law. <laughs> which Nice. <laughs> right. Which they used to destroy the Queen's strongest general, Miska the Wolf Spider. Okay. okay. Um, the rod shattered into seven pieces and scattered um, across the plains. Uh, henceforth, many Aarakocra have been trying to find the pieces. Uh, Aarakocra are also sworn enemies of those creatures that serve Ogramach, the Prince of Earth, and particularly the gargoyles. Okay. So they're, they're in this kind of mm. elemental war with creatures of Earth. Okay. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Also, I like the fact that the rod was created by seven and was broken into seven pieces. Yeah, yeah it feels re- re- real good. <laughs> I like that it was called a rod. Um, <laughs> sorry. So this is where, okay, a theme in fifth edition is that our coker are driven by their noble purpose and not by material things. The following quote was, after all, who owns the sky? And we do, beach. And apparently they think the Windu Savaka do, so whatever. Um, <laughs> I mean, I say that. Um, they have no concept of ownership, so much so that in the Monster Manual it's stated that they don't care much for gems or gold. But this was kind of amended in the um, PC uh, source book mm-hmm. uh, to state that they simply like them and collect them because they're shiny. Okay, yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, I will hold to my shine birds like shinies. Yeah, as long as I can. Yeah. So, it, but it, at that point, it's not because they see it as material, as being like actually valuable. Like it's they just pretty. Yeah, they don't want a gold piece because it's money. They would want a gold piece because it's pretty. Yeah. Um. So I I enjoyed that change. Um, also vibing with their bird-like nature is their fastidious upkeep of their plumage and the bird-like trills that punctuate their speech. No. Yeah. <laughs> Which apparently makes communicating with non-Aarakocra difficult sometimes. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of nuance <laughs> in their speech that some other races have trouble picking up on. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I know Greg did not understand your your character at all. Um, so their their happy places in the sky, so much so that on their home plane they can fly for months without stopping. Nice, because it's you know it's, it's, the, it's the plane, plane of, of air. air. It's what yeah. who cares? Um, and they pity those creatures confined to the earth. How nice of you. Yeah, I love to be pitied. I I, I know I love it. Dicks, birds, <laughs> fucking birds. Um, so that's where we end off with, uh, Aarakocra in core kind of stuff, uh, now. Like, I gotta be honest, it's not that I dis- it's not that I dislike this origin for them. It's just kind of- Different. It's just kind of different. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yeah, me either. I really don't know. Thoughts? Uh, I was trying to think. I- Because I- I hate to say that- that something is eh to me and not give, like, an actual constructive reason on why. Yeah. But just something about it kind of doesn't... Vibe with you as much as other 
Yeah. I think the biggest problem that I have with it is the fact that they were missing for an entire edition. So there's no logical reason or explanation as to why the sudden shift in yes, that where is... they're from, where their behaviors are, mm-hmm. how they look. There's no explanation to this sudden shift from previous editions. That That is a good point. I didn't think about I it I think that that's way. the thing that kind of bothers me. If I had that missing piece from 4th edition... I would probably be able to make more sense of it, but yeah, it's, it's like just kind of like a missing link, if you will. Yeah, it's just, and I realize Wizards of the Coast mm-hmm. took over Fourth Edition, and they missed a lot of stuff. They left out a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're gonna bring something back, you, I feel like you need to explain why they're drastically different now. I agree. Whether or- it be that, like, during 4th edition, maybe they all traveled to the plane of air and stayed there, and over the course of how long they stayed, it slowly changed them. Mm-hmm. There was a note that um, of how uh, Aarakocra and Forgotten Realms are not native to the plane of air, and that they live in a handful of colonies in Faerun, but there was no... no link. It was just like, this is Aarakocra and the Forgotten Realms. Right. Um, okay. You know, I don't, I don't really know... How to how to explain how I feel about it? I think that maybe like what you're saying would be how some people think that that they should do something like that. But I think that maybe what they thought they should do was just do a little bit harder of a reboot. Yeah, because it, it, it feels that way. Or or saw it as an opportunity to do a slightly harder reboot. Yeah, instead of a soft like reboot of explaining a little bit, they were just like screw it. Or they're just like, oh, Air Coker are back, and they're they're no different because in in these previous editions, they have not been very different. Yeah. between editions. Yeah, they stayed kind of the same, and then you have that gap where they didn't exist. Just exist, and then suddenly when they brought them back, they're very different, drastically different. Also, yeah. they have arms now. Why do they have arms? I don't know. It bothers me, too. Evolution? I don't know. I don't know. And maybe they did it purposely to leave the backstory to the DM. I don't know why they did it. Well, Travis, why do (laughs) Aarakocra have arms? I don't know, because I have not decided that they're in our world yet. Okay. They are. So, well, Taylor's well decided. Mm-hmm. Um, so, real quick, uh, I'm going to touch on a couple of uh, variants on Aarakocra. Okay. I just wanted to get do the core stuff first instead of doing these by additions. So some of these are going to go back a little bit. Okay. Um, first, we have Athasian Aarakocra. Um, they are a variation uh, introduced in the Dark Sun campaign setting for second edition. Okay. And they hail from the sun-scorched desert of Athas, hence Athasian. Um, sun sun scorch is kind of a badlands desert. Everything's really shitty, and I don't mean like the the setting is bad, but it's just like it's shitty. Like life sucks in the setting. Basically, it's gritty. It's very gritty. I think from what I could tell from the little bit that I looked at. So most of this is going to be coming from the Dark Sun Monstrous Compendium Appendix Two, which was published in 1995. Um, they are very similar to uh, regular Aarakocra, but instead of, like, a bridge between parrots and birds of prey, they resemble vultures. Nice. Like. Which is so cool. Long, skinny yeah, necks. Yeah, for being in the desert. Oh, my God. Nice. I, I, I fucking love vultures, guys. I like it. Um, they are. Uh, also, th- this wasn't really explained very well um they're listed as having low level psionic powers like lower levels of telepathy um Mm -hmm. particularly 
Uh, but apparently in, in the text, it says that only the higher ranking members of a tribe have psionic powers. So it's like in the stat block, it says psionic powers. And then in the description, it says only high ranking members do. So that might be something that they maybe only develop as they're like older. That would make the most sense to me. Um, yeah, their societal structure is much the same, but their alignments vary by tribe. So instead of all of them being neutral good, you have some more good aligned tribes and then some evil aligned tribes. I like it. Um, and the uh, evil aligned tribes of Athasi and Aarakocra travel the desert, uh, attacking caravanners willy-nilly and evicting good Athasi and Aarakocra from their Ares. So they just kind of fly around and kick people out of mm. their own houses. They're just assholes. Mm. Then. They're just real dicks. Even good-aligned Athasi and Aarakocra are not fond of intruders and will enforce tolls on caravans Oof. and then kidnap them if they're not paid <laughs> and then ransom them. Hmm. Yeah, so they're not... All right. Yeah, they, they, don't, they don't like people walking through their territory. Um, they also worship the sun, which to me in, in a desert kind of... Makes that sense. That absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Um, one note I did like was this little thing that did describe the coming of age ceremony for Athasian uh, Aarakocra, mm-hmm. which was the hunting of a slit drake, which is essentially what it sounds like. It's a drake that lives in the desert. Um, an air elemental is summoned to help track it, uh, and the entire tribe, including the females who don't usually leave the airy much, uh, go with the initiates and assist in the combat. But the initiates themselves take the take the final blow. Oh, okay. and it's just nice. It's a hmm. nice family moment going it's a out. Nice family moment going out and killing an animal. It's a nice family moment. A slit Drake. Yeah, which uh, also Drakes are listed as basically being their only like natural predators in the desert, besides each other and like humans. Is that hmm. kind of like yeah the whole it's poetic reptiles eating birds thing? I guess that they're going with maybe. Yeah, that would. Makes yeah, sense. That makes sense. Just also, they're drakes. They're, they're powerful. No, well, yeah, that too. Um, also introduced for the Dark Sun campaign setting are the Silverock, which are white to gray colored Aarakocra who live in the mountains and are also the only option for an Aarakocra PC in the revised Dark Sun campaign setting, which was released in 1995. Hmm. Um, so they limited you. You can only be yeah, this. You can only be uh, white. <laughs> the silver rock. Um, they consider themselves to be above landbound races, so they're a little haughty. Uh, and PCs hailing from this race are seen as rebels to their community. So because they left, yeah, because they left essentially. They're like, "Fuck you, they I'm going." Yeah, they don't. They're they don't fit in. Um, they're taller than other Aarakocra usually are. Um, standing at about seven to seven and a half feet tall. Jesus. Dang. And I, I forget how much it says that they weighed. They weighed more, obviously, but it kind of scaled. But right. they were still like... They probably still don't weigh that much. For their height, because right. their bones are hollow. Yeah. yeah. These also seem to be the variant that makes a return in Dragon Magazine uh, issue 319, though they are not referred to as Silver Rock, and also in Dragon Magazine... All the Aarakocra have access to level to lower level psionic powers. Okay. Um, Athasi and Aarakocra again appear in the Dark Sun Creature Catalog, published in 2010, which is 4th edition. So this is the 4th edition reboot of the Dark Sun campaign setting. So they do appear in 4th edition, just not core 4th edition. And they're also a specific kind of Aarakocra. Hmm. So, yeah. 
They are very similar to how they were in second edition. Um, well, I say how they were in second edition to the uh, desert dwelling vulture Aarakocra in second edition, not the Silverog. Um, they are unaligned <sighs> instead of having variable alignments. <sighs> we've <laughs> we've talked about our gripes with that. Yeah, we don't yeah. have time to do that today. <laughs> And it was kind of implied in the text before in uh, second edition, but it is now outright confirmed that most people living in that region do not like the Aarakocra. Okay. Um, because the Aarakocra are willing to pillage and attack caravans that enter their territory. Oof. Which to them, you know, like seems right because these people are encroaching on their territory. Right. But, you know, to outsiders, you know, they, they, don't, they don't like that. They're assholes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> one note... Is that some people steal Aarakocra eggs and sell them to nobles to raise the chicks as slaves, oh which my is super God. fucked up. That is fucked up. Gee, I wonder why the Aarakocra hate people. Yeah, yeah, that one does kind of. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that would that would make that would make that. Suddenly, all my questions are answered. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, in in Advanced Dungeons Dragons First Edition, like that. Paragraph was a little clunkily written, but I did not take from it that their dislike of humanoids was that palpable. Yeah. I just interpreted it as they mostly just kind of like to stick with themselves. Yeah. Right, they and, just don't like other races. And later they're a little... Not even that. They just kind of... Just keep to themselves. Yeah, because not a lot of other people can fly. <laughs> yeah, fair. And, you know, the, the, the haughtiness to me reads as different from actual like dislike yeah that that's present in, in later instances of Aarakocra. so the last one we're going to talk about is the one i have the least information about okay um i just kind of wanted to acknowledge that it exists um and this is called the malatran Aarakocra for the malatra the living jungle setting um unfortunately uh i would i had issues getting a hold of some of the issues of polyhedron magazine that mm-hmm. these guys are featured in but from what I was able to get my hands on, as near as I can tell, they're essentially Aarakocra that they ported to the jungle. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Just... so th- that kind of makes me think of how maybe uh, Aarakocra in the Forgotten Realms would have lived in Mastica before they went to Faerun. So they're essentially just Aarakocra that live in the jungle. Since we're, we're talking about, about uh, Aarakocra and Mastica and Aztec stuff and, like, jungle Aarakocra... Mm-hmm. Um, let, let me let me float this one by you. Mm-hmm. Quetzal Aarakocra. <gasps> yes! Yes. Huh. That would be interesting. Aarakocra of Paradise. Yes. <laughs> the Aarakocra of Paradise. Would they be nice, Aarakocra? I mean, they're mostly neutral good. Yeah? In many, in most instances, so yeah. I, 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 that's, that's all, that's all, that's it. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with it. So far we have Eclectus Parrot Aarakocra and Quetzal Aarakocra. I, I, I like it. Mm-hmm. Also, there's an image on uh, Google Images, which I assume links to someone's beautiful fan art, of a macaw. Yes. And I'm so into <gasps> it. Oh, my God. Wow, that yeah. That looks fucking amazing. I, I, that is one thing I do find really compelling about Aarakocra, is that I do feel like in, con- like, in concept, and also the things that are provided in the text um, are very open to artistic interpretation. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I feel like you could make almost any bird that can fly. An Aarakocra? Yeah, into an Aarakocra. Um, I, I, oh I, I just showed them a picture of a penguin warrior Aarakocra. We're, so. we're just looking at fan art. 
Yeah. Um, uh, uh, did you do yourself a favor and look at some Eric Oprah fan, fan art? Yeah. It I mean, is and some of their amazing. Some of their official art's really nice. And some of their official art's really bad. So check check some of that out too. But anyway, I just kind of wanted to. I know it's not dragons, but <laughs> you know, I I I, I wanted but there to. There was a dragon in it. Oh, there yeah. was. That's the that's, that's the, cat. the step. That's yeah. The, there you go. That's how I got there. Um, but yeah, I just, I've always thought these guys are neat. And, Me too. I love them. And, uh, I actually wanted to cover them a while ago and ended up doing something else. So I, I kind of wanted to revisit that and see what they were all about. And I, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was nice. I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed it too. And it, it was nice to see some bird people get some love after the Kenku just got crapped on the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. The Kenku didn't meet the yeah. same... Fate, decent I, fate, I guess. Yeah. yeah, they met a fate. I feel like <laughs> I feel good, like but. these are the bird people that Wizards of the Coast likes, <laughs> and the Kenku slash TSR, and the Kenku are the bird people that Wizards of the Coast slash TSR didn't like. I think you're right. They're like these are the bad guys, and these are the good guys. I, I may have I may be over exaggerating a little bit, but also, I think you're right. Still though, they they feel like they're they both present a contrast, particularly in that that kind of way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What? So that's that's all I have. Thank you guys so much for listening to. I mean, I love Eric Okra, so like I hope the rest of you feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms, and you can, I'm sure, see some fan art that we might be uh, looking for. Re- looking for on Twitter of Eric Okra to spread for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you have any topic suggestions that you want to suggest, um, you can email us them at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. If there's any other bird people in Dungeons and Dragons that I don't know about, <laughs> let us know. We'll cover it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, continue to help us spread the word to your friends. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Um, as a final word on it, don't forget to be safe out there, you guys. Yes. Yeah. Be safe. Be aware. Be smart. Be smart. Don't be dumb. <laughs> you know, all that lovely stuff. We know you We know you already know, but... Yeah. If you have friends that are stuck in quarantine, tell them about us. Yeah. <laughs> be like, hey. Shameless plugging. Hey. <laughs> I'm just saying. If hey, you're, we're if all you're, stuck together. I say we're all stuck at home at this point. So. Yeah. But thank you all once again for listening. And we will catch you here next week with another fantastic episode on Dungeonpedia. I want to be a birdie, you guys. There's so much potential. Heron Her- Aracocra? Her- Heracocra? <laughs> that just sounds like a drug. <laughs> <laughs>